0: Oh my god, dear readers, Already we have an hot. important announcement to make. Quinn and I currently are in the same room. It's controversial but true. It is really controversial but true. We have not hugged.
1: No, we're we're not going to ever again. I think that's <laughs> no, matter <it>. <laughs> no matter what happens. No matter what.
0: Hugging is a thing of the past and
1: need not apply here, folks. Elbow bumps all the way. Elbow bumps all the way. It's very tricky because um, I've been potting up uh, with a few people and letting a few people... or
0: partying? Pod. Potting. I thought you said pot... I've been partying it up. But I thought you said potting it up, like without, without the R. Oh my god. What could like, that well, even be? I know what potting it up. I don't know. Like I was
1: like, what is potting it up? Yeah, cuz if you say it with an accent, it means you're really going deep. Well, I'll go hard. <laughs> I'll go hard. I'll go raw <laughs> raw hard. I've been potting it up with people and it's funny cuz no matter how many precautions we take, Koa just goes up to everybody and kisses them and touches their face. It's his way. How do I feel about that he didn't do that to me today? He went right up to your face. No, he didn't. Yes, when you were showing him how you sleep. Oh, he did. <laughs> He's like, i got to get a real close look at that. <laughs> Can I tell you what he said to me about the baby? Um I'm done. He said, um, I want to go in there in your tummy and see him. And I was like, oh, um, I can't really figure out how I would get you in there. So I think the best course of action is for us to just probably wait for him to come out and then he'll meet us. And he nodded and he goes, yeah, he's going to shoot out your foot. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, can't wait. Well, kids say the darndest
0: thing. Don't they, though? It's going to shoot out your foot. I would love, like, through a nail or just, like, your foot's going to open up.
1: I don't know. It sounds less painful than what really happens regardless. I know. I
0: was going to say, what sounds more painful, through the foot or what actually happens through the vajaj? I mean, I
1: just hope he's right.
0: You've had him. Did you have him through a foot?
1: <laughs> Unfortunately, no. no. That no. would be
0: a medical miracle. Has anyone had it? I wonder. I want to know what the weirdest place someone has had a baby shoot out of. <laughs> has someone like wh- I don't know. Stay tuned.
1: Maybe maybe next week's episode, dear readers. Where do like, babies shoot out of?
0: I know there's like the there's the traditional C section.
1: There's the, the traditional
0: vaginal canal. But like, what if some I don't think there's gut. another
1: thing actually I would like be amazed if there was any other thing That's ever well, happened I'm
0: watching Grey's Anatomy so I'll I'll keep you posted Oh my god and
1: they do cover everything There was the guy that looked like he had a tree bark for him I just watched that
0: episode I can't
1: watch it, it I, When that episode started I was like nope
0: Hard out for me I haven't watched that show since I was in college So it's been years And dear readers did you know that it's still on? <laughs> did you know that? They're in like season 20 and I read Good spoilers. I read spoilers because I just oh, want to know when someone's going to die. Because you were so broken opera.
1: by the, the McTwins leaving.
0: The McTwins leaving?
1: McDreamy, McSteamy. Both oh. had goodbyes. See, and so... I
0: didn't know those died. I mean, I knew they oh, died. Really? I looked them up. Now, I, I've looked them up since then just so I know, like, when to emotionally prepare myself for them. Right. But I... But they do cover a lot of medical mysteries. And I'm looking at the show and I... It's not
1: that good. But it doesn't need to it be. It doesn't need it's to be. It's just exactly what it needs to be. It's a soap. It's soap opera. And that's it's it. terrific.
0: It's a soap opera that's terrific. But I look back and the person I think who is like the best actor on that
1: show, hands down, is Sandra Oh. Well, she's gone too. She's gone too. But I don't think she dies. No. I think they just, uh, she's like, I'm going to become a detective and look for this woman Eve. No, just kidding. Oh my! God. Could you imagine if they did a crossover? <laughs> she was like, "Now I do this. Now I live in London, and <laughs> yeah. I have a husband." No, it's not Eve. Her name's Eve. Right? Her name is Eve. She's like, "I'm going to change my name villanelle from Christina Yang
0: to Eve and find villanelle."
1: So much good TV out there, and mediocre TV, That's and also
0: highly mediocre enough. TV.
1: I saw a really wonderful movie this week that I want to wreck. That's called The Art of Self Defense, and it's. Dark and it's funny and it's about toxic masculinity and I loved it and I really? thought it was so sort of a fun watch uh, Jesse Eisenberg
0: oh is it about like is, is he do karate, karate in it? yes okay I think I'm vaguely remember it's really great okay um, and I'm gonna watch it
1: yeah I mean maybe I will maybe I'll save it for my pitch well, you know what we got this trial of Hulu ...under Truly Darkly Creeply's email. Yeah. Because, you know, every email you have, you have to... And so I told Carrie right away, I'm like, just so you know... We got a week, ...we have baby. Hulu right now. So I've been trying to binge watch, every, you know, Pen15, Broad City, everything Pen that's 15. on Hulu. I- and <laughs> this is on Hulu. So it, 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 I've been watching a lot of Hulu movies, even though that wouldn't normally be my course of action.
0: I think Pen15 is one of the greatest
1: shows to ever exist. Oh, I I don't disagree. I, I think, think it's, it's really well brilliant. done.
0: Brilliant. I think it's so funny. I think the episode on um on Spice Girls, mm-hmm. like how it deals with racism, oh, it makes it's me cry. So, yes, it's a lot of so them make you
1: cry. But that's like my favorite type of comedy. And there's so many things about them that I'm like, I f- I don't know how you made this show because. I forgot that very, very real thing that happened Mm -hmm. in middle school or that very real feeling and how did you as adults conjure it so succinctly and so precisely that I'm like, yes, that exact conversation or that exact way of feeling about sexuality, first kisses and like all of that. You're like 100%.
0: I think it just speaks to and as two women who create a comedy, true crime comedy podcast, but as comedy, I think it even happens when we talk, where we recollect on similar shared experiences. And I think that's what makes that show so wonderful and valuable. It's created by two women who probably, like, had a lot of fun and had a relationship with each other and just were shooting the shit and realized that their experiences that they didn't totally realize was universal. was mm-hmm. just that. And they put it pen to paper and did it yeah. in such a beautiful way. Like the last episode of the first season, where they do the dance, where they have the choreographed dance with each other. Yes. And
1: I know that feeling. And like, I do did... want to practice the dance. I mean, <laughs> like, love we all that. did that. We all did that. My cousins and I did that. They all. What make... was? Do you remember one of the songs that you did that to? Um,
0: yeah. You make me want to throw my page out the window. Tell MCI to cut the phone cord, break my knees so I can't move. Cause you're a bugaboo, a
1: bugaboo. Who's that? Destiny's
0: Child. We're such
1: different generations. We
0: are. And you I also did the Spice Girls as
1: well. Mine was um, and all I really want felt someone else dancing <laughs> around, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alana Sorsa. No. That was the craziest to Lannis of pressure. That's what is the chorus? What is the
0: Because I know, it. was it from Jagged Little Pill? Like yes. one of obvious Enough
1: about me, let's talk about you for a minute. Enough about you, let's talk about life for a while. <laughs> I don't know if I know that. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, not, you know what? Um, that's the coolest part of the song is she's like, Why are you so petrified of silence? Here, can you handle this? And then the music totally cuts out for a minute. Where it sounds like it's over. And then she's like, Did you think about your bills, your ex, your... (laughs) And, like, it's just really powerful stuff.
0: She was, like, 18 when she wrote that, too. She was, like, so young when she wrote Jagged Little Pill. She was... Was she really? I think I looked it up one day because I was so curious as to cuz Jagged Little Pill is an incredible album. Mhm. And so I remember looking it up and she was very young, Canadian baby.
1: Oh, another Canadian.
0: Yeah. They're oh, amazing. They're they, do they do everything. They do everything. Mike
1: Myers. They
0: believe they do everything we do as Americans, those Canadians. <laughs> but better. <laughs> but better. And, and with probably less nicer. Violence. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Less guns. Honestly, less guns.
1: Maple all, syrup. Am I right, folks? <laughs> Rick, can, you heard of it? I guess we have that here. We do have that here. I was but thinking they have Vermont. the leaf. Is that why they're so proud? They have the maple leaf. Well, they, you
0: know, they're just less people. A lot of space. Mm-hmm. Um, we're
1: not allowed in right
0: now, right? No,
1: we not. Can't make that change. I All tore right.
0: up in Canada. We might have some listeners in Canada to our Canadians. Hey, we, we love you.
1: We love you. We love
0: you. We love that red old leaf. But yeah, no, we're not allowed in. And I love Canada. That's fair. I've, I've gone there like every year for the last four years. Maybe f- Yeah, four years. I think I've gone there mm-hmm. at least once a year for work. It's a great place.
1: Should we start? Yes. Oh, wait. I'm Quinlan Posner, oh, and I'm Carrie Ipema, and this is truly darkly, creepily nailed it. Fucking that nailed felt it. So that's why good. we have to be in the same room. <laughs> you guys so heard that? That was podcast gold right there. <laughs>
0: that felt so much better than being like, <laughs> but are you <laughs>
1: all the cool kids, aka the Patreon subscribers that? D- give us 5 or $7 a month. Hell yeah. A, a but a pittance. Um, and yet we thank you. Um, they also receive an extra episode a month that is completely rad. Unbelievable content. I believe you, the most weird. recent one is Carrie telling a story about the blue people of Troublesome somewhere. Creek. Yes. <laughs> of somewhere. Somewhere land. And I talk about a cell phone that was found in a cabin Fiji with... Very creepy footage on it. I'm not going to say any more. Because if you want to know more, you know what you have to do. I just told you.
0: And maybe, if you're lucky, the next small one will be covering Jagged
1: Little Pill. You wish. <laughs> In your dreams, big. You ought
0: to know, is what I say to that. You,
1: you, you
0: ought I to know. know. Oh, Lannis.
1: So, I get to go first because last time you did Typhoid Mary first. Oh, dear readers doesn't it seem like ages ago it
0: really does for me
1: I'm gonna tell you the story of Heather Bogle and although I did some reading as a reader myself no brags (laughs) film daily I'm sorry you did
0: some reading as a reader yourself
1: yeah because you're a dear reader to yourself I am I love it Film Daily, Sandusky Register, Fremont News Messenger, and CBS News did help me out, but I'm going to level with you. The main source was watching a terrific episode of my favorite show, Dateline.
0: I love... Episode oh, by the way, sand- titled
1: Jagged. So how fucking on topic is this?
0: <sighs> oh my god, I really like that. Um, what was I going to say? Sandusky, does this take place in Ohio? Yes. <gasps> I like to guess, dear readers, I like to guess based on the sources where it takes place. <laughs> Because I just drove through D- Sandusky,
1: Ohio. And what was that like? Um, rural? It was what? Rural. It was very raw. It was a Rural Jarrah. <laughs> it's too nervous to say the word. Only ever say it weird. The
0: Rural Jarrah. It's like
1: my problem with bagel. There's words I can God, say and words I can't, You say folks. it the
0: weirdest way. And Rural. What say, what, wait, what weird, what word do I say weird? Thanks. Thanks? Because I don't,
1: I don't You say thanks instead of thanks. Like you don't. Breathelize the th you like. I voice it. You voice it. Thanks. Like you say, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't know which which is the correct way. Uh, I don't know, but, but it's not, not ne- as many people say it the way you say it. So, thank you instead of thank you. Yeah, sometimes you, but you don't always. I don't think it's I guys. Don't I don't think. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that uh, funny, but. Heather Bogle, here's her deal. Are you ready? Talk about Heather. Okay, she works at the Whirlpool plant in Clyde, Ohio. Oh, love Whirlpool. Do you
0: think their she gets products an are XM. excellent?
1: <laughs> oh my God. Yes. Listen, she needs it. She's a young mom. Okay. Ah, She's single? a young single mom. Good for her. She works the overnight fucking shift so she ah. can be around. She loves her kid, five-year-old little girl named Mackenzie she's like super responsible even um they interview her sister in the episode and who's her younger sister and it's describing sort of their relationship as Heather being like a caretaker to her so you get the vibe that she's like she's not just a mom to her daughter she's like a mother figure to yeah she's responsible you know what I mean um she wanted to be a nurse so need I say more we love nurses
0: no, you don't have to say um, anything else.
1: They don't even need to be sexy nurses. We love all of them. I,
0: I actually think that they're sexy when they're in their scrubs and PPE because sexy is sexy. Do you know what I mean? Sexy as a sexy Protection is sexy.
1: You always say that. So her kind of schedule is that she would clock out of work, be done with work at 6 a.m. She'd go home, take a nap, take her kid to daycare, then spend the whole uh, after daycare, afternoon, evening with her kid quality time and then put her kid to bed uh, somebody's watching the kid she goes uh, and works at 10. Okay. So it's kind of a cuckoo schedule. So
0: she's her circadian rhythm is off. Uh,
1: Yeah. But yeah. she's
0: she's like she's spending what, what she time she has. Yeah, She's doing what she needs to do and she's spending what time she does have with her kid.
1: Right. The night everything changes or goes a little haywire funky is April 9th 2015 and there's footage um, of her leaving the whirlpool facility but she never goes and picks up her daughter so her sister no hears about this i assume the daycare calls her anyway
0: like the emergency contact
1: right and she's like oh i bet she overslept um but then she calls her sister and just keeps getting voicemail right and she kind of calls around and, like, no one has actually seen Heather. She calls the police and they're like, it's, t- like, too soon, essentially. Right. They can't really do anything. But the family knows her well enough that... I imagine know this it. happens all the time that you're yeah. like, nope. I get that as the police, you can't take me serious yet, but this is fucking serious. So they start making flyers right away and mm-hmm. are, like, getting them ready. They file a missing persons report as soon as they can Sean O'Connell is the name of the detective assigned to the case and they look at her cell phone records and they can place her phone in an area but the area is really big it's like six miles wide Mm. so there's no way for them to narrow that down and then the phone at a certain point stops it's either shut off or somebody destroys it so then there's no more tracking so it's this like We know that the last place she was was here, and here's fucking enormous. What else do we know about what was going on with her? Um, Heather was in the midst of her first lesbian relationship. Um, She had mostly seen men her whole life, but had started a relationship with a woman named Carmella. And they had fought and broken up recently. The vibes that a lot of the show led me to believe was that uh, Heather was just not that into her. Mm-hmm. Like, I was a little bit not fully reciprocated that way. Yeah. Some, you know, as most relationships, someone's always more into you than you are to them or vice versa.
0: And who's more into the relationship? You are Matt?
1: Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm a 10.
0: Listen, you're not going to get any <laughs> guff from me on that one.
1: <laughs> Guys, it's really funny because I'm clearly an 8. The day nine and a, a half <laughs> <laughs> the day after Heather vanishes they find her car in a parking lot at the Somerton apartments and on the seat of her car there's a note from Carmela to Heather about a fight they had and Carmela says a lot of things in the note nice things not nice things she says how much she loves her then they open the trunk of the car and Heather is inside <gasps> her own trunk She's been shot twice and beaten. No. She has bruising on her ankles and wrists that make you think maybe. She was tied up? Yeah, maybe. No. Um, Who did it? Just tell me who did it. Okay, skip to the end. <laughs> She's wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt that is definitely not hers. That's like an XL. It doesn't have the bullet holes in it that are in her body. So it was clearly put on her Post mortem, and this part's so weird. She had like a shitty, uneven haircut, and, and not like a great clip, shitty uneven haircut. Like a someone took scissors and cut her hair. Cuckoo like recently. pantine from Les Mis. and she's not a Disney adult, so this Disney T-shirt. It she's doesn't... not. Yeah, she's not like weird. into. It's definitely just not her shirt, you know. Detective O'Connell's like, who would want this woman dead? And he goes to the coroner's office and they, they find DNA under her fingernails, but it doesn't lead to anyone in the system. O'Connell's like, I'm going to go to the Summerton Apartments and talk to people. He talks to a specific woman that lives there who says that between 1.30 and 3 a.m. she saw a vehicle get parked and someone get out of the car in a hoodie and take off running. So he's like, maybe that's our bad guy gal. Park. Maybe that's the perp. They bring in a cadaver dog and they take him to the apartments and the dog alerts on apartment B who lives there. Kiana Bohr is a 25-year-old mom who's lived there for a year and Kel, coincidence, O'Connell knows Kiana a little bit because he actually like knows her boyfriend because her, (laughs) I don't want to say her boyfriend. I think it's... um. The father of her child was a drug dealer, Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: so he had had run-ins with O'Connell. And then they perform an autopsy on Heather that shows she has marijuana in her system. So he's like, well...
0: Oh God, I can't even. You're a I know, drug dealer yeah, stop, and there's I marijuana. Can't.
1: I mean, it's like so uh, over the top, uh, right? Like right when you're listening to it, you're like, yeah, because in Ohio, there's probably like one guy dealing drugs and marijuana and the, is and you can't, the can't get worst marijuana anywhere. God knows, and yeah, it just oh, it's so funny. Calm down. So O'Connell goes and talks to Kiana, and he's like, oh, I noticed this, blah 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 blah, and he says while he's talking to her that she doesn't seem at all like she's into talking to him
0: you mean someone who approaches someone for murder and they just don't really want
1: to speak with you what a crazy you mean a single black woman <laughs> opens her apartment door to a, police to a white officer? cop who has had run-ins <laughs> with someone <laughs> that she Get knows real do you know what she later says about it too she's like i was stoned and then a cop came to my door I did not want to talk to him at all. Like, good for. I just her. smoked pot. Like, why in the world did I want to have that conversation? So, let's be clear: not suspicious, but he says it is. He also goes into her Facebook account, Kiana's, and starts looking at her pictures. People.
0: PSA from Quinn, folks. It's coming here. It is
1: privatized. There it is. Um, he sees like some pictures of things that have Mickey Mouse. So he's like, "Well, here we go." <laughs> I'm sorry. They are
0: grasping at it's, straws thank here, you. right? It's very straw grasping. I saw someone like to status that someone went to Disney World, so chances are yeah. we got our perp. We got it our is, killer.
1: They're playing Six Degrees of Kevin Criminal Bacon. Separation, <laughs> Kevin Bacon Styles. They get footage from a camera at a gas station or something like that, and they see Heather's car drive by on the footage. And then they see. Another car drive by in that same time frame that's a white SUV. They're both headed in the same direction, which was also the direction of the Summerton Apartments. Um, You can't really tell the make or model of the white SUV. But our friend O'Connell, who apparently just loves dicking around online, finds a picture of Omar Satchel, who is a friend of Kiana's, in a white SUV taking a selfie several months ago.
0: (laughs) <laughs> he like looked through mutual friends profile pictures. It picture. is yes. Kevin
1: Bacon, right? It's like way it's, over the top. He's except just
0: Kevin like, Bacon at least is like actual six degrees of separation. This is just like hi, my name is Carrie, and I'm looking for evidence. It's just um I'm gonna go into an anonymous store and see what kind of just sees what pops out at me, huh? Well, what was gonna easy? Go, it's like if someone had a knife, if mm-hmm. someone was murdered by a knife, and somebody was like, I know, I'll go to Bed Bath and Beyond and I'll find
1: a knife. Found the murder weapon. Done. Idiots. So he likes talking about Omar Satchel being related because Omar Satchel does have a criminal record for drugs and even some violent stuff. So he likes them for it. And when I say them, I mean Kiana, Omar, and then there's like another guy from their crew that he's basically, or their group of friends that he's like, I think that these people have something to do with it. And he names them as suspects in the murder publicly.
0: Oh, my God. And so
1: it's like in the papers. His theory is that Heather went to go buy the very illicit drug of marijuana um, and that something went awry, you know, as often is the case when you go to buy small amounts of marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) It's just a crazy drug world we live in. Um, Kiana thinks that O'Connell made up that the dog even alerted on her apartment she Hmm. says that he knew she lived there and that they had like Hmm. kind of a police officer planting evidence i've never heard of such a thing never heard of such a thing so omar satchel also is like this is a frame job they're trying to look for someone to blame i'm this black guy that has this record they it makes sense that they like me for it i volunteered my dna it was not a match for what was under her nails so bizarre. And it
0: sounds like Omar cooperated the entire investigation.
1: Yeah, and this guy that he also thought was related to it named Carrie Jeffrey. um, How do you spell Carrie? Like you. (laughs) Oh, wait. No, I actually don't know. I love that. I wrote it because I'm listening to Dateline when I wrote it. I love it. So I wrote it like you, of course, because I was like, Carrie. Anyway, the white truck Instagram picture, I feel the need to mention, was from two years ago, and Omar's like, that is a picture that was also, you'll notice, taken in a different city where the truck resides. The truck has never been in Clyde, Ohio. Ohio. Um, also, while he's dicking around accusing these people, Heather's family is like, We think you're poking around the wrong spots. We feel like it's more personal. Then you're making it because the haircut is so weird. And it's like, okay, so like the vibe of like, yes, you kill someone. And then like the cutting your hair, it feels like this like weird fuck you to the body where it's like, I'm going to make you look weird. I don't know. It just it feels personal to them, this haircut. So they um, suspect that it must be someone closer to her, namely Camille Camilla. Or her brother. She had a really tricky relationship with her brother Josh, and he sent her a really mean text right before she vanished about her being too stupid to pass a nursing exam.
0: Oh! And
1: when O'Connell asked for Josh's DNA, O'Connell says Josh wouldn't give it. Josh, though, is then interviewed on Dateline about that. Let me just start by saying... He is not a charmer.
0: Also, when your family is like it was her brother, they would be the first people to lie about it being the brother. I think that's, I don't know, that feels like something that you should investigate. I
1: was like, nobody likes Josh. Um, (laughs) I mean, not poor Josh, if he did it, but like. Well, you know what he says even when he's interviewed? He's like, oh, my text, like about his text, he's like, I guess that the way I usually spoke to her is I would shame her to motivate her. And you're like, oi. Why Josh, do people you're feel like me. You're everything needs to be me.
0: whiplash? People don't respond well <laughs> to abuse. I just am going to throw that out there.
1: Um, but he also says he's like, oh, and by the way, this O'Connell guy never asked me for my DNA. I'll give it. Oh, okay. But he never asked me. So Jen, who's uh, the sister, wants cops to look more at Carmella, the Carmella. ex-girlfriend. I said so That's okay. They say that she was a jealous type. And Jen remembers a remark that Heather made to her that was something about um, Carmella doesn't like my hair. So she kind of fixates on that and is like, is that a thing? Mm-hmm. Um, in the note we talked about that we found in the car, at one point she says to Heather, you're dead to me in the note. Headlines start coming in as this case is continuing not to be solved that are putting the pressure on. You know, they're like, will this ever be solved? Uh What's happening? So the pressure's kind of—it's <laughs> a really good headline. <laughs> picture that in big type. What was ever so, What's even happening? The pressure was on. The media was like, "So uh, what? Uh, I think we should solve What's going this on here, stuff? guys?
0: Hey, hey guys! What's happening?" <laughs> The pressure was on.
1: The pressure was on. So what's um, happening So Jen, the sister, and Pat, her cousin, are like, fuck this. Let's fucking try to figure it out ourselves. Yes. And so they're keeping busy. They're keeping the community aware. They're talking about the crime. They're putting up flyers. And the sheriff, who oversees O'Connell and the whole police department in the midst of this, is fucking arrested. Turns out he's been stealing Prescription pain pills that were in police custody. He's been stealing money from a county fund, and Jen is like,
0: "This is the guy who is in charge." Yeah.
1: So she's like, "Maybe we're like, this is the problem, not the problem, but but maybe this isn't you, helping." She's already not feeling <laughs> that confident what the police about. Are their, doing? Yeah. She's like, "I'm not feeling it," and then this happens, and she's like, "This office." Is garbage. So now Sean O'Connell goes under investigation for the mishandling of the case. And people are saying that he was coercing witnesses and he was tampering with evidence and doing things to make sure his narrative of. I hate this story. Taylor's as
0: oldest as time. I hate this story. It's. Of like this, well, not this story specifically, but I hate the story of the police officer who gets there, or the tech detective who gets their eyes set on a criminal
1: and then they do everything in their power to justify it. I hate that story. Yeah, it's a really common story. Um, Luckily, they kind of were on to this guy and he actually had to sort of own up to some of this stuff. Okay. He wasn't, they say he wasn't allowing, like you said, evidence that doesn't match his version of events to come in or be taken seriously. And so Heather's family is really upset. They're horrified. But they're also uh, vindicated because they've been feeling that this has been what's going on. Um, O'Connell, in the midst of all these accusations, decides, you know what? It's time for an occupation change. So he resigns. Thank goodness. What does he end up doing? Oh, he gets a great job managing a McDonald's
0: hey, there is nothing wrong with managing McDonald's. That is how my parents met. Who was the manager? My dad. My mom was a grill girl. So take Get with... out. You didn't know this? No. Yeah. My dad was a manager. He has a degree in hamburgerology. He makes a mean burger to this day. And my mom was the first grill girl that she claims. My dad says that's not true. But my mom claims she was the first
1: grill girl. Yeah. The story I'm doing next week is on McDonald's, so... <gasps> I'm not going to say any more than that. We're talking Ugh, about Heather Bogle. It's Heather time, folks. Okay. So they need a new sheriff, right? New sheriff in town. Steps up Chris Hilton. He's ready for the job. He gets new detective Nick Katsopoulos. Katsopoulos is like, That just sounds like a detective, Katsopoulos. Yes. Detective Katsopoulos looks at the three people that O'Connell had been fingering and is like... <laughs> I know, you can't just say fingering, it's hard Okay, it had (laughs) been Indicating Looking at, I'm sorry Carrie, be professional O'Connell has been busy (laughs) Sorry Sorry Anyway, Katsopolis Grow up Is like, listen, these people didn't do it Good for Katsopolis It takes me two seconds to know that He looks at Josh, the brother first Gets the DNA it tests a negative. He looks at Carmela, and he also is like, she's legit heartbroken. Doesn't seem like it's her. He's like, I guess I have to fucking start all From over. Scratch. He looks again at the phone records. And even though there, he's looking at that last, you know, the uh, tower that was pinged or whatever, and this big 5.7-mile radius of where she could have been, he realizes the, phone, the cell phone's also communicating with GPS satellite, like Google Maps. So, because it's, like... Yeah. I don't totally get that in the smart person way, but mm-hmm. I do get it in, enough that this makes sense to me. They could find more location data, not by the cell phone towers, but by going through Google, by getting a...
0: Read on where yeah. exactly, yeah. The GPS. So,
1: that tells them almost exactly... Where the phone was. And it's a trailer in a trailer park that belongs to a man named Daniel Myers. Daniel is in his late 40s. He's single. Guess where he works? The Whirlpool. The fucking Whirlpool. So,
0: O'Connell. Oh,
1: God. Didn't do a great job making sure they, like, talked to everybody that worked with Heather and that these people were properly interviewed, So and he didn't follow a really crucial lead that was sent to him by email. Somebody wrote him while he was investigating, and this is what they wrote. Uh, this is a piece of what they wrote. I know someone who works at Whirlpool who is very capable of doing that to a woman, and he didn't follow up on that lead. <sighs> because he was too busy bothering Kiana (sighs) out of control so at the time he doesn't do anything and Daniel Myers is running around being actually super helpful right he's like donating to a GoFundMe for Bogle's daughter and he attended her funeral Um, so O'Connell's also like well I have no reason to suspect this guy he donated to a GoFundMe and went to her funeral as God, if, as O'Connell if, sounds uh, like a fucking idiot. idiot. I'm like, O'Connell, you don't even watch Dateline <laughs> if you didn't do these things.
0: Isn't that like the, we've gone through cases where the police are like, we intentionally go to the funeral to see if there's any suspicious behavior. Know, because... and this guy's
1: like, well, he went to the funeral. So actually, it's all uh, totally fine. Oh, brother. Well, Katsopoulos is no dummy because he's like, we're going to go talk to fucking Daniel right now. And he's kind of thinking... There's a chance Daniel's gonna say, Yeah, I was friends with her, I went to her funeral. In fact, she was here earlier that night. Which would exonerate him. Yeah. But instead he's like, Oh, barely knew her, barely knew her. But they know that her fucking phone was at his trailer. So they get a warrant and they realize that parts of his subflooring had been replaced. <laughs> they get his DNA and it's a fucking match for what was under her nails. So he's arrested for Mama murder.
0: I can't believe, so what's so frustrating is if this person had not looked at where the body was dropped off, which feels like people wouldn't drop a body in a car off where that person was murdered. You wouldn't be like,
1: well, let's just put it right outside. We'll put it right outside
0: our front door. Apartment B? Yeah, yeah, just put, put it a
1: couple apartment, no, no, yeah, no, that just doesn't fucking make sense. Right. Well, so, and this other terrible guy, the murderer, he pleads guilty so that he can get life instead of, Uh, death death sentence. sentence. Um, He did all these things to try to make sure DNA didn't uh, give him away, and they think that that is maybe why he, like, gave her the weird haircut. Maybe he had touched her hair a lot and thought that there would be, like, more DNA on it, so he had given her this weird haircut. According to the Sandusky County prosecutor, this guy Myers killed Bogle after she refused his sexual advances – And it says he was actually consoling her after she'd failed her nursing exam. So what it sounds like might have happened, we don't know. She failed this nursing exam. Her brother writes her this shitty text. She's in a terrible mood. And this guy invites her over in a nice talk about it way, goes after her sexually. She's like, oh, no, no, I'm not into you like that. And then he goes bonkers and kills her. Um, and this prosecutor, um, Tim Braun, kind of paints Daniel Myers as this Jekyll hide that would be nice and charming to people and then totally get violent. An autopsy reveals that she had been handcuffed and beaten by him. So he didn't just, like, shoot her. He also beat the shit out of her. Um, she had defensive wounds on her hands, so she did fight back. And fighting back... Uh, was the reason why in the first place there would be any DNA of DNA his. under
0: her fingernails. Oh, yeah. That's so
1: heartbreaking. But, like, thank God she fought, you know? Keep your nails long. Keep your nails long. My heart just breaks because,
0: you know, it's like this is what women fear. hmm Is turning down sexual advances and then getting killed. Yeah. And I'm also just so mad at this fucking inept detective who went on this completely other path. Like... The first thing you're supposed to do, what I think is, look at someone's day to day routine, and then see who has a gun, see who has any records or anything. And the fact that like they looked at the location first and tried to find—it seems like that detective had such an ulterior motive. It's just in like finding he couldn't emotionally
1: let go of the narrative. So two years ago, he ends up accepting a plea deal, actually. We're talking about O'Connell now. Accepts a plea deal, admitting to evidence tampering, and he got two years in prison. Kiana and Omar, though, are like, just to be clear, this fucked up our lives. We have a hard time getting jobs. There are people that still associate us with the idea that we're a murder suspect. When he was sentenced, Judge Cosgrove says... All we want from our law enforcement officers is somebody who will fully investigate a case and present it fairly, completely without bias or prejudice, so that the truth may come out. That's all we ask, and you not only have dishonored yourself, Sean O'Connell, you have dishonored all the thousands of police officers across the country, men and women who got up every day and risked their lives for our good, and you tarnished their reputation as well. Wow boom roasted and when Daniel Myers the murderers in court fucking Carmela goes up and hands him his ass and is like I hope you rot in hell um and she's forgiven the sister and was like you thought it was me I'm not mad you just wanted to know yeah I don't think I
0: I think I'd be hurt but I I think like I'm good for Carmela for not Holding that grudge, but it you know it sounds like she really did care about Heather, even their relationship. You was get tumultuous. that
1: totally. She loved her a lot. Um, That's sad. Ugh. Well, so the f- sort of strange epilogue to this story is that there was this woman, Lorianne Haley, who hears about Daniel Myers being arrested for this murder, and she's like, "Oh, good. I'm really glad this guy was arrested because act- actually, he killed my sister six years ago." Leanne Slutter was S L U D R, Sluter. I'm going to say Sluter. Slutter just doesn't. Yep, and I'm going to change it too. Yeah, <laughs> Leanne Sluter. You can't catch a break, Quinlan. Leanne Sluter was his, uh, Daniel Myers' ex girlfriend. And she died of a single gunshot wound to her chest in 2009 that was found to be a suicide. Now, Her sister, Lorianne, is like, no way. Leanne hated guns. She wouldn't have wanted one in her home. It was too long-barreled for her to have operated it as a suicide uh, weapon. And she was pissed because the cops, in this case, the investigators, did not test her sister's hands or Daniel's hands for... Uh, gun, gun residue. Oh, so, like, fuck. who knows? How do you miss that? I know, that? I know, I know, I know, I know. I do feel like people like us that just are into true crime would do a better job sometimes than some of these people. New career?
0: Wow. Perhaps. I mean, Ivanka Trump said find something new. Maybe this is our something new. I
1: do whatever she tells me <laughs> Goya beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Ay, ay, ay. Weird relationships with our fathers. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I just want to be clear that they, these new guys that I guess we trust, Chris Hilton, the sheriff, and good old Detective uh, Katsopoulos. Katsopoulos. Uh, Detective Katsopoulos, basically, they look at this and they're like, no, we actually do think it was suicide. And okay. talk about cops. How, again, if it were O'Connell doing it, he'd be like, yes, I love that story. Let's. Find all the evidence that makes that true, because that is It was a, a drug story. dealer. It was a drug dealer. Yes. <laughs> had she smoked any marijuana? Myers' family, the reason why also, one of the reasons, is that Daniel Myers' family had to go through all his shit uh, when he went to prison, had to go through the trailer, mm-hmm. and they found a suicide note that was written by his ex, uh, Leanne Suter. That can Sluder. be faked, though. It was in her handwriting.
0: Okay, it could be written under duress. Yeah, and um, but also at the same. Listen, okay, it sounds like they did an investigation.
1: We don't know. We We don't don't know. know. We don't know. Well, I'm glad that
0: I am glad that Sluter's sister got some sort of um, resolution. The fact that he was in jail, right? Because it sounds like she wasn't a fan of his, and if she needed someone to blame for her sister's suicide, I'm glad that there was some peace done one way or another. Right? Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, listen, he sounds like kind of a monster, so. He might not have pulled the trigger, but he might not have helped her, um, her circumstances. Right. Is it my turn? Yeah. Thanks for it sharing is. that story, Quinn. You're welcome. So I'm doing the story of the Gypsy Hill killings. Have you heard of it? No. Okay. So I found this great website called Legends of America. I just it has Sounds like epic. ghost story. All of my stories the next three weeks. All my I that's my new go to. It's your just new deal. To, to check it out so I got from Legends of America Wikipedia Listverse Killer Cloud ooh okay so um, this takes place in 1976 so I'm gonna go through the um, murders first spoiler alert there are murders so January 8th 1976 18 year old Veronica Cascio's body was found near the Sharp Park golf course in Pacifica this is all in California her body was stabbed Thirty times. I shouldn't say her body because it was her. She was stabbed 30 times, sexually assaulted. Um, and at the time, this was the first of them. Um, and so there was some homeless person around that they picked up thinking they were a suspect, but they let that person go. February 2nd, a month later, Paula Baxter, who was 18 years old, um, she went missing, leaving her car. She was found two days later nude with stab wounds, she was sexually assaulted, and her head was hit with concrete. Um, And there was some forensic evidence that linked her to the January 8th killing of Cascio. Her body was found in Milbrae behind the Church of Latter-day Saints in Ludman Lane um, in her 1972 station wagon. Okay. Okay. About a month later, March 15th, Carol Booth Her friends called her Beattie. She was 26 years old. When I looked at her picture, she looked like you. (gasps) Um, She was reported missing, and she's last seen near San Francisco. So she's walking home from a bus stop, and the walk the walk was near this like driving range, Colma Creek, anyway, San Francisco she, on March 15th she was reported missing, last seen walking from the bus stop. Her body was found on May 6th in a shallow grave near Colma Creek so she's found near a golf course or a driving range which is also linked to Cassio's the initial killing, right? So she's also stabbed to death and sexually assaulted. So all of these women are stabbed to death and sexually assaulted on April 1st Denise Lampe, Lampe, she's 19 years old. She's found in the parking lot of the Saramonte Mall um, near her 1964 Ford Mustang. So she was found by her boyfriend, who was also the mall security guard.
1: Mm.
0: How awful. She was stabbed 20 times and sexually assaulted. Jesus Later that year, in the January... At
1: this point, are they like, we have a serial killer on our hands? I
0: think, yeah, they're like connecting them. Okay. But it's it's weird because some of them happen in San Mateo, and some of them happen in San Francisco. I don't know how far away they are. I don't either. I don't either. I think that's probably important. Did I look it up? Absolutely not.
1: Well, whatever. They're both in California. Both it's drivable. They're both in California.
0: It's drivable. It's drivable. So earlier that year, in January or February, um, this 14-year-old Tatiana, her friends called her Tanya Blackwell, she was reported missing. People thought she was a runaway because that was really common in the 70s. And even now, her family was like, she's not a runaway, she's not a runaway. Well, on June 6th, six months later, her body was found right off of Sharp Park Road um, in Gypsy Hills, which was less than one mile away from her home. She was also stabbed and sexually assaulted. Youngest there, victim. She's the youngest victim, so that's five victims, and they've all connected them to this Gypsy Hill killings. They call it the San Mateo slasher, Gypsy Hill killer, San Mateo slasher. Same thing. Double name. Double name. Um.
1: So just all like Ear-ons. just like what? Oh, uh, East Area rapist and original yes, nightstalker. Exactly. Ear-ons.
0: Exactly. All the women were brunette. All of them had some sort of car trouble. Not all of them because one was walking through a bus stop. But, like, most of them were near their car or might have had a broken down car situation. Mm -hmm. All of them were stabbed. All of them were sexually assaulted. And they were, the majority of them was found in near wooded areas.
1: So those are some of the common threads. Common threads. Exactly.
0: Now... There is possibility that there are some related cases to this, and I will tell you those. Those are suspected to be related, but they haven't totally. When this was all happening, it wasn't really that accurate. It could it's, they couldn't it's, in a really weird
1: way. It's like harkening to the Jack the Ripper stuff, totally. where it's like the five iconic.
0: Yes, everyone
1: agrees on, and then there's like some violent instances outside of it that some people are like this looks like the be. same guy and exactly. some people are like nah exactly got it
0: the the five murders happened in 1976 between January and June there are two deaths that are near San Francisco and this happens in the same time frame so this would put the murder at the same place so March 17th 1976 it'll M. Friedman, she was 21, she was found murdered, she was stabbed to death, inside her apartment. So not near her car, not near a wooded area, but in her apartment. She was also nude and sexually assaulted. She was also strangled with a lamp cord um, before being stabbed to death. So that's a little bit different, I think, than the other victims. Right. Her death was never officially linked to the Gypsy Hill killings. Because it was in her home, she wasn't abducted, like I said, but it was close enough to the death of Carol Booth that happened in San Francisco. February 24th, Michelle Mitchell, she was 19 years old, and this stuff happened in Reno, Nevada. 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 <laughs> this stuff happened in Reno. Someone was said that her VW had issues. She had a little beetle. She had a bug, 70s bug. Someone had ne- needed to help her push it to a nearby parking lot. Um, And then later that evening, her body was found in a parking garage. Her hands were tied behind her back. Her throat was slit. And there was a cigarette that was left near the scene of
1: the crime. Did she smoke?
0: No. When I first read this, when I was first reading this, I was like, it's the 70s. There's cigarette butts everywhere. Right. But they took it and they wrapped it up and used it as evidence. So I don't know if they're able to discern the time of death between the body and the time of death of the cigarette. But they took it in any way. So, in 1979, Kathy Woods admitted in Louisiana to killing Michelle Mitchell in Reno, Nevada. In the parking garage. In the parking garage. And so she was taken to a psych ward. That ruled out any connection to the other killings. Because the, Because her confession
1: woman, was her sound. Confession,
0: well, that's TBD. Okay. I don't think her, her... Well, spoiler alert, her confession was not sound.
1: Yeah, well, as soon as you're like random person says they did it and then goes to a psych ward, it doesn't sound that great. It doesn't sound like me.
0: much evidence was used. So because there were no witnesses to these murders and there was little to zero forensic evidence, the case went cold in 1976. 2014, the FBI reopened the case because of the newly found technology of DNA.
1: But that's like 40... 40- four years later or that, something. That, folks, is bad math, but it's math. It's close. It's close. It's a guess. It's a it's guess. It's a 30 to 40-ish years yeah. later. A shit
0: ton of time has passed. That's, that's wild.
1: For that's no great. answer.
0: Which is great that so these cold like,
1: cases are being
0: answered in some way. And they saved shit. They can test some shit. They can test some shit. So here's what they found. The first DNA that they tested in 2014 belonged to that cigarette that was found next to Michelle Mitchell's body and it proved that that cigarette did not belong to Kathy Woods the woman who admitted or who confessed to doing it was sent to a psych ward she was exonerated in 2014 and she ended up suing for wrongful imprisonment
1: ooh tricky
0: it was a little tricky because part she, confessed. Of the, she confessed but was it under duress i mean she went to a psych ward was there insanity like i don't know she ended up suing, and she, she is the longest-serving um, female prisoner to ever be exonerated in the U.S. But then they're like, hmm, maybe she did commit the murder, but maybe she was just an accomplice. Maybe by this DNA, maybe she wasn't necessarily the person that did it or left the DNA, and so she's able to sort of be like, wait, no, it wasn't me. So that's a little bit of a mystery. The FBI, also in 2014, ended up revisiting eyewitnesses and collected statements from anyone in connection to these murders. And in 2015, they named this guy Rodney Lynn Halbauer as the primary suspect. So they have someone on the hook. He was 28 during the murders, and by the time they arrested him for the murders, he was 67 years old. He pled not guilty to the murders of Cashew and Baxter. So he was only connected to two of the murders because there wasn't enough evidence to connect him to Tanya Blackwell or Carol Booth. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he was in and out of prison. So he was constantly, like, escaping prison, going to one. They put him around that area at that time. Mm -hmm. In 1975, the year before, he was paroled from prison in Nevada where he had been convicted of raping a female blackjack dealer so he does have a history of violence specifically against women and sexual assault and rape 11 years after that 1975 murder he committed another crime and went back into prison his dna was collected when he submitted it while he was in prison and that's how they were able to find him so he was already an existing prisoner his dna Was also connected to Michelle Mitchell's case with the cigarette. In 2018, he was sentenced to two additional life sentences, even after being in prison for 38 years. So they claim that two of the murders from the Gypsy Hill murder spree are pinned on him. Now, in 2017, two years after that, they added a new suspect, this guy, Leon
1: Melvin Seymour. Wait, like when you say added a new suspect, is the theory becoming that it was multiple killers, not one perpetrator? Yeah, wild. Okay, and they didn't
0: know each other. What? So these were separate killings. Crazy, right? So in 2017, this guy Leon Melvin Seymour was charged with the murder of Denise Lampy. He was already imprisoned. Similarly to this guy Ronnie, and his DNA was also collected while he was in prison and put in the system. He was imprisoned after convicted of 10 different cases of sexual assault and kidnapping.
1: Oh, so this so that's guy his also is
0: fucking, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Both of them are fucking violent offenders against women. Mm-hmm. And there is no evidence, like I said, that these two men know each other.
1: But the killings are super similar in the nature. Are in super, but
0: also, when I was looking at the killings, they were similar in that they were unsolved and they were around the same area, but I do think that there did seem, I mean, in the little information that I gave you, there's just something about it that didn't sit right for me. I don't know. There was just something, that, the reason why is because Carol Booth came up and she was near a driving range, so they connected it to these murders because the first girl was found near a golf course, and that didn't feel like enough for me to, to, to say, yeah, those are definitely related in that, except that they both were brunette, they... Had a car. They were near woods. They were naked and stabbed. But uh, again, that doesn't I feel think like it's enough. It's
1: upsetting, though, to wrap your mind around the idea that, that two people two. are doing it. Well,
0: especially in the in the in the span of six months, this was happening. Yeah, that's wild. So it just feels like, of course, it has to be the same person. Yeah, I think maybe personally, I think Rodney started it. I'm sure it was in the newspaper in California. Of course, and I'm sure they knew all that information. He was able to go. Okay, I can go kind of undetected.
1: Right. It's just a strange motive to be like, you know, I wasn't going to go and assault someone and murder them. But now that I see that this guy's doing it, sounds like a good idea. I well,
0: think about both of these guys were brought in jail because they were convicted of sexually assaulting women and raping women. Yeah. I'm so not, it was
1: already their cup of tea it was is their like cup what of you're tea getting at. The
0: question was, is how do they not get caught? And maybe they
1: thought murdering the victim. Maybe by doing it in a copycat way. Honestly. They would throw.
0: And honestly I hate to say it, but they were right.
1: Because it threw people.
0: It threw people and they were not found out in these murders until uh, until 2000. This this was not the case was not opened in 2014, right. so they they weren't wrong. Dang it. Which fucking sucks. Yeah. <sighs> Thank God for DNA now, right? Um Thank God. So his DNA connected him um to blood found on Denise Lampy's jacket, and it matched Seymour. So his bail was also set at $10 million, um, and Lampy's name is now removed from the Gypsy Hill victim list. Got it. But basically, five if not seven of these murders have been attributed to at least two people. And so that is the Gypsy Hill killings and the San Mateo slasher.
1: Whoa. Whoa. Not the same person.
0: Within six months, you have five young girls who are murdered. And then 40 years later, you find out, or 30 years later, you find out that... There's two different bad guys. Two different bad guys, and not all of the murders can be pinned on both of them. So there are still unsolved murders so in that m- case. it was two plus.
1: hmm Yeah. Ugh, terrible. Really bad. Did you watch I'll Be Gone in the Dark yet? No. No. Have I watched anything? No. you have not been watching anything? No, I've been watching What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, right. The Funny Vampires. I'm obsessed with that show. That's great. Have you seen it? That's perfect for you. No. I love it. It's so good. I know I would like it, too. I'm just... so
0: funny. I need funny. I need funny right now. I need funny, funny, funny.
1: When I need that vibe, I turn to bad reality TV oftentimes. Which
0: one? Oh, by the way, Andy... not even
1: bad. I'm not going to say bad. I hate to
0: say it. Andy Cohen, Lori Loughlin... Andy not Cohen's got to be four one one. She's not in it. Andy Cohen's no, got the No, yeah, she's not. She's not in it. Oh, all our dreams are dashed. All our dreams are fucking dashed against the
1: rocks. Sorry, dear readers, that I led you astray. You did. You led him astray. Well, won't be the first time. And won't be the last. The last. Right. Said it before. I'll say it again. I'll Say it before. I said it once. I'll say it before. I said it every episode, and I'm saying it now. Like us. Review us. Subscribe us subscribe us (laughs) just get our email subscribe us to
0: all of the spam emails your heart desires we want
1: it all but for real um, donate to our Patreon we like our Patreon subscribers more than we like the people that don't do that no offense Um, but offense it's look it's not even news anymore you guys knew that to be true all along I'm just being honest about it now I'm pregnant. I don't have time for nonsense, okay? No,
0: I didn't come here to make friends. If I have any to win.
1: extra time, I have to spend it on diarrhea. <laughs> and I'll leave you with that.